Ah, well, it is time for the Y&D podcast. And it's called Y&D because I'm Yvonne Lorcan and I'm a wine writer and you are Daniel I'm, Brennan. I am Daniel. I'm the D. You're the D. And what do you do? I'm the big D. I'm a winemaker <laughs> and uh, i uh, apparently a podcaster and, uh, you know, just an entrepreneur, oh, you know. Do you know what? I am one too. And, I'm uh, an entrepreneur you as well. Are. You yeah. are. We got our ads done today. So we did. I we... could tell you're entrepreneurial. I was doing my entrepreneurial best. I'll I tell did. you what, I'm feeling uh, a lot better and positive about my life because I was happy I'm not in Guantanamo Bay after being in that bathroom outside. That's uh... <laughs> So what you can't see on the um, uh, and what you can't hear on this podcast is that we have um, New Zealand's most ancient, most prehistoric toilet block um, out the back of um, New Song Studios, which is where we record this podcast. And um, yeah, you could you could kind of get get lost there. Um, it's a bit of a torture chamber. It's a crazy place. <laughs> Cement block. Um, anyway. Anyway. What are um, we going to do today? We've got a great little show for you. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, I've done more show prep than last week. So. That's great. Yeah, I didn't do much the week before. Thanks, it's kind Dan. of the holiday season, you know. And yeah. We're I coming was worried. off of it. But no, I'm, 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 I'm going to do better. I promise to do better. Okay. Most weeks. It'll be interesting <laughs> to do this during vintage when I just show up with like, you know, cross-eyed and, and painless, you know. But uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, today I have some, some stuff to talk about. Great. Well, you, you go first. What do you, well, what? well, no, we can't because, uh, you know, this is kind of where we the, – the, we sort of start off with a little bit of a um, – um, you know, Dan, you have – some you'll have some kind of question, some kind of issue with New Zealand. Mm, you know, obviously mm. you're not from here, but you've been here for a, a good few years now. And I try my best to enlighten you about that thing. And then I may or may not have something about American culture that I need to uh -oh, ask you. Uh oh. Mm. Um, I guess. Well, we just had some visitors in from um, from the U.S. Our importer was here with his family, even though he's from Australia. Australia. Uh, uh, we had an Airbnb out uh, on the beach, which was really cool to get all the families together and hang out over New Year's. But uh, they had quite the luxury there for a New Zealand home. Mm -hmm. They had a dryer for uh, – and. What, a clothes dryer? A clothes dryer. That's not a luxury. That I have never lived in a place with one, and I don't know many people with one <sighs> in New Zealand. Everybody just hangs their clothes out. Yeah, I know. You hang your clothes out, but you have a dryer for um, for emergencies. I don't know. I don't yeah. see them that often. <laughs> in fact, uh, Winery X that I know out in uh, – well, and it's in Tiwanga, I'll say that. And it's quite a newer winery that is very nice with a fantastic restaurant that I don't know if the restaurant's currently open, but uh, they had a fire a couple years ago that took mm -hmm. out part of the restaurant. And apparently the fire was because all the staff who worked there had never had dryers and didn't know you needed to clean the lint out of the dryer. No. And eventually, they just caught on fire and burned down a wall. Um, See, so. every 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 child should be told that you need to clean the lint out of your dryer, your clothes dryer. I, I find it every, every oddly load. satisfying, you know, that to clean yeah. the lint out. It's just that clean, you know, dryer <laughs> freshness. <laughs> we have our clothes dryer out in our shed which is where we also have our washing machine. We don't have an inside washer, washing machine dryer situation. I know we're peasants, but, um, you know, we, we take the lint filter out of the, um, out of the dryer, clean all the, the, the lint and dust and dog hair and stuff out of it. Um, and people hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is, I take that and I throw it in the, the rubbish bin, mm -hmm. right? But other people in my household don't do that. They'll just like scoop it out, throw it on the ground, and then Muggins here will mm. will walk into the shed, you know, to to get something. I don't know my hedge clippers or whatever, or grab a beer <laughs> from the secret fridge I have out there. I don't know, but it will this and and inevitably there'll be a lump of lint stuck to my shoe that I don't know about. Oh, and if it's raining outside because you used the dryer, then the lint is like yeah, yeah, and it'll shoe. stick to my shoe, and I'll go and do something out in public. And people will see it, and I'll be none the wiser. 
I'm, been, they call you, painted, me, you painted a good picture. <laughs> they call me fluff, fluff shoe. Fluff shoe. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I would. Okay. I feel like I wouldn't want to be around when you discover that these days. You no, know? no, it's That's, not. It's not good. But you thought that was strange, or you thought that was unusual to have a, a clothes dryer in the house. Well, I just find it in New it's, Zealand. It's not as common. It was just something oh. I remembered and noticed over the weekend that I thought, oh, yeah, huh. that's not – everybody hangs their clothes out even when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they they do. And, in fact, I've still got washing laundry on the line yep. now, and it is raining outside. Listeners. Yeah, you jinxed um, that for us uh, yeah. last week when you said all the great weather was here. Sorry. I think I did too, though. That's all right. Sorry. But there's nothing better than – Getting your washing in off the clothesline, and it smells. It smells different. It smells different when it comes off a clothesline outside than it does from a dryer. For sure. So I prefer it. And Especially again, if you don't use a dryer sheet. What's a dryer sheet? Oh, that's like one of those fragrant sheets you put in. You don't have those here. Uh, See this? We is, might. I've. Nev- I. I don't use one. I don't know what they are. So there's like. They come in like a box, and they come out like one sheet at a time. And it, depending on how big the load is, you chuck one in, and it makes all your clothes smell nice. Huh. I know there are those spiky balls that you uh, can put in your I think dryer newer, that stops. Yeah, the... static electricity in there, mm. too, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, you're not as experienced with dryers. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not the authority on dryers you thought I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I'm not sure why you thought I was an authority. Is it because I'm a woman? No, it was because you, I, I didn't think you were an authority at all. Okay. I just didn't think there was many dryers around, you know. Well, I think there are. Um, you okay. know, email us, you know, message us. Tell us if you are a New Zealander and you have a dryer in your home. Okay, anything else? Uh, what's the email address? Ynd-podcast ynd-podcast at, at gmail.co.nz. No, gmail.com. Dot, dot, dot com, yeah. Mm. All right, well, no, I don't have, that's about it for this week. I mean, again, uh, I didn't do much interaction with outside of the, our little group of people. I was kind of cruising on a bike along the ocean in Tijuana, Mahamoana. Mm. On your holiday. On my yeah. holiday, just grabbing fish and chips and getting rained on, going out to the rocky beach. Sounds perfect. Possibly some wine consumed and some great food. Mm. A lot of barbecuing. That was pretty much happening since the last time I saw you. Well, that's lovely, and it mm. sounds a hell of a lot more romantic than what I've been doing, which is just kind of lurking in my house, <laughs> lurking, lurking. Um, doing gardening. I gardened. Yeah, oh, I, did a bit of that. I have a thing, like you know, if I get a, a bee in my bonnet about, like I'll see some low hanging branches of a tree, like it's upset the feng shui, the symmetry mm. maybe of a tree or a shrub, and I have to get rid of it as soon as I've got that that hand saw in my hand, or if I've got a pair of pruners, like pruning mm-hmm. pr- secateurs. Yep, secateurs. Oh yeah. my God. Do like somebody go stop me. Yeah, I go yeah, mental. Go for it. Like I am, I just woof like mm. a hurricane through the shrubbery of our house. And then my husband goes, oh my gosh, there's piles of yeah, greenery then you put and it foliage and I've got to put it somewhere. Well, he usually has to put it somewhere because I go, oh, I'm too, I'm just a girl. You want your place to look like an English garden. I do. I like a bit mm. of topiary. I like yeah. a bit of, you know, mm. a, a bit of f- tailoring. Try, yeah. I try. I try. Anyway, it didn't, it, so I did a lot of that because mm. I don't get time to do that during my normal year. I change a lot of shitty diapers if that makes you feel any better, you know. See, I'm so glad i past that. Sorry, na- nappies. 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 That's another thing. So we call mm. them nappies. You call them diapers. Die dice. Where does that even die-dice. come from? It's not even a word. Um, like diapers. Yeah, I don't know. It looks even strange when you write it down. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's spelled weird too. Yeah. Hey, I have a thing. Cause, okay. Because what I did do as well, I watched a lot of television. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Netflix, Neon, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Um, because I also, when I was doing all my gardening, I injured my knee. Oh, no. Yeah, I popped something in it, and it's not great, so I can't straighten my leg out properly. So I that meant, I, of course, I had to sit down and watch a lot of television sure. during my holiday this past week. And um, a lot of – my husband loves, you know, uh, uh, American films. I think I mentioned this last episode, you know, a lot of kind of frat boy football kind okay. of, you know, teen like U.S. kind of films, you know, the kind of genre. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, sure. that kind of thing. He loves that stuff, and I end up having to just watch it with him. So 
here's the thing. Oh, because you, you asked me about the the red the cups. red cups yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, okay, yeah. those so, would definitely be in those kind of films. They were definitely so. There's lots of red cups, but you know what else is in those kind of films? Mm. Homecoming. Oh yeah. Now yeah, what yeah, yeah. the heck? Is Homecoming all about, you know, because in New Zealand we see these films, we, you know, and TV series and stuff from America all the time. There's always Homecoming and who's going to be Homecoming Queen? Who's going to be Homecoming King? Eh, Everything centers around Homecoming at the something dance. It's like a dance. The Homecoming Dance. Oh, that's what it's called, the Homecoming Dance. I mean, sometimes they have prom, but everybody has. That's like at the end of the year. Okay. Homecoming is usually in the first, what you guys first term or first or second term autumn uh you know the leaves are changing all that and that's when alumni that's like their alumni weekend and they run events around it as well so it's it has alumni alumni are people have graduated already from that school school. so they go back and they support and they do and of course a lot of it has to do uh, a lot of times with fundraising and there's always money involved Mm. and all this stuff and it's it's big at the university level too but it's especially big uh, I mean, we don't do homecoming dances at university, but they do do a homecoming. It's a uh, high school thing. It's more of a high school thing. Yeah. But some of the, you know, older universities, the one I went to, d- did it. And, you know, they have like a football game and there, or there might be other events going on. And it's a chance for the alumni to come back. Now, at the university level, it's really about money. I mean, mm. they're always looking for donations and all this and that. But at the high school level, it's like come back. They do events. There's like... You know, a lot of the parents are and, and alumni are involved in, like, okay. you know, supporting the local team and this and that. And then at the end, it's more about the kids. They do a dance, you know, that, you know, and they have a big, like, a kind of formal dance, yeah. you know. And so, and then someone's, then there's, like, a couple that are awarded homecoming king and homecoming queen. Now, yes. this is what I don't get. I don't understand what, why is, why is affirming who the beautiful people are a thing because it's always the most beautiful. It's always the captain of the football team yep. and the head cheerleader, or you know, like two incredibly beautiful young people are always awarded homecoming king and queen. I don't understand why they do that. I don't know why, but I know it started a long time ago. Okay. You know, it's, so it's it would just, have, a, it just would have started in probably okay. like World War Two era, or maybe before that. I have no idea. It started a long time ago. Okay. So. Why they do it, I don't know. It's just like some other activity. But there's like – that's one of many activities. They have like all during the week there's like stuff going on at the school and there's the sock hops and there's the the different things that are that are happening right. with like – I don't know. They have like the uh, like competitions and races. Mm. Like it's all fun, you know. It's all like stupid games and they have, you know, all this stuff. So it's kind of like orientation week at university in New Zealand without all the booze um, and with more kind of – yeah, it's it's more stuff. yeah, it's kind of like a whole homecoming week. Right. It's like a lead up to it, and then okay. you know, and then they have a vote who's going to be the king and queen. There's like not really, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But anyway, and we'll be right back. You know how sometimes you know that you want to explore different wines um, to break out of your comfort zone, but you've only got so much money, and you don't want to risk spending money on something that might not be right for you. You know, like um, when you go into the supermarket, you look at all these bottles of wine and there are lots of bottles. You know, it's a minefield out there. You look at the bottles and there aren't that many clues on those bottles as to whether the wine is going to suit your individual palate. And we all taste wine differently, right? You know, one person's dry wine is another person's medium sweet wine. You know, it's all different. And often you'll see bottles that have lots of shiny stickers and medals on them from competitions and stuff. And you think, oh, that wine, you know, that wine must be good because it's got all those medals on it. But when you actually spend the money, open the bottle at home, taste it, you think, oh, it's too dry for me. Or, oh, it's too sweet. Oh, it's not that great. But the bottle next to it, which maybe doesn't have all the metals and things on it, was perfect. Now, you're not going to know that, but I'm going to know that. And my name's Yvonne, and I'm the Chief Tasting Officer and Co-Founder of winefriend.co.nz. And we are New Zealand's favourite personalised wine subscription service. And we've been around since 2015. And what we do is we match wines to people. 
So I taste and my team taste a huge amount of wines from all across New Zealand and all across the world. And we catalogue them into specific styles and varieties and all those good things that are going to match with individual people. So we'll put together a box of wines for you, and it could be three or six or 12 wines that are going to suit just your individual tastes. So it's super easy to get involved. You go to winefriend.co.nz, fill out a very, very simple, very fun little eight-question survey, which is kind of comprised of questions that tell me about how your palate works. Right, So it asks you about the foods you eat, the seasonings you use, the things that you drink, um, the way that you take your coffee, for instance. Once I've got that information, I match up that information with the other details that you're going to give me. Things like, you know, we ask you all the different wines that you choose normally, like you might choose sparkling wine, you might love Sauvignon, you might love Pinot Gris, you might love a Syrah or a Shiraz or a Pinot. So there's this huge list of every kind of wine style. You tick all those boxes and then we take all of that information and put that into a little palette profile just for you. And then we send you a selection of wines and you can then rate those wines. We love it when you rate the wines. Tell us what you think or just click an emoji and there's love hearts, smiley faces, average faces and sad faces. And we know from your feedback what we're going to send you next time. So we get we kind of go on this little wine journey with you so that every time one of the little wine friend boxes arrives on your doorstep, you're going to know that it's just tailored to you. You can feel confident in that. So it takes all the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines. You don't even need to think about it. We have three different tiers that you can subscribe to. There's Easy Every Day, there's Treat Yourself, there's Icons and Innovators. And you have your own account so you can privately change um, the different subscriptions that you're on. You can change the number of reds, whites, rosés, whatever that you get. Um, so it's totally flexible. It's super easy. And I can't think of anything more fun than choosing wine for you. So go to winefriend.co.nz. You can use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, to get 24% off your first subscription case. So there you go, winefriend.co.nz. Tell your friends and become a friend. And on with the show. Um, good news. What's your good news this week? What's your get on the good foot oh, for I this week? Oh, I did have something. What was it again? Um, I Oh, I just want to say, because I was shuttling people back and forth to the airport, that um, one thing that they commented on and uh, we maybe don't appreciate all the time is the joy of domestic travel in New Zealand and flights and everything. I know occasionally... You mean how easy it is? It's so easy yeah. compared to, I don't know, anywhere else in the world, I have mm. to think. I don't even know where else it compares it's expensive, to. expensive. It is expensive. But it's easy. It is. But, you know, <clears> if you... If you do, if you if you got that U.S. dollar right now, it's not expensive. <laughs> so they found it to be fairly affordable. And um, the mother of our our friend said, "I've never had a connecting flight where I just like walked off and then I just walked right on, and it was so easy." Because and, of course, in you know regional travel in New Zealand on flights, there's no security. Yeah. There's nothing like that. You know, you get security if you're going along the, what we call the main trunk line, which is mm. you know Auckland to. Wellington, and that's because they're like bigger planes or something. Is that yeah, why? They're bigger, yeah, they're bigger, bigger planes. Yeah. yeah, that's the only reason. Like you know, you can trip trap around yeah. the regions, and you just yeah, <clears throat> like you said, you just literally walk onto a plane, walk off a plane, connect to a different one. Not a problem. I tell you, once though, once was really. Uh, this is kind of scary about the non-security thing. Um, I was on a flight from Auckland to Napier which is here in Hawke's Bay, where we are. And there were um, a bunch of guys, there was some festival on, and there were a bunch of guys, and they were in, this, and they were in an amazing dress. It was um, some sort of North African 
country, I, I don't know where, but they were in beautiful traditional dress, like long robes, amazing headgear, like okay. these, these kind of turbany sort of hats. Mm-hmm. They were in beautiful colours and gorgeous and these and amazing shoes, you know, gorgeous. Sh- I mean, they, were, they looked amazing. There was about four or five of them. And um, they were at the back of the plane, so I disembarked first because I was at front of the plane because, you know. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the terminal and I'm, and I'm watching these guys come out and walk across the tarmac to come into arrivals and the wind kind of caught their robes and their robes kind of blew up and they had these massive daggers you know that are wiggly you know they kind of have yeah, the, wiggly, yeah. the the big handle yeah, and the I've wiggly blade yeah. like in their boots mm. like just there yeah. like you know they were just carrying these sabers these twisty daggers on a plane with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just goes to show you that um, even with if they got weapons on, there's nothing worth fighting for. <laughs> to, <laughs> there's nothing worth like you know. They probably just say, yeah, just let it crash. I no, mean, it was no, obviously it was, you know it's part of the part of the you know traditional costume the, the men the wearing and you know but far out. I was like, whoa. Let alone all the other stuff that gets transported. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Those, those anyway, security flights. So that's a good one. No, that's no, a it nice is, one. It, it's 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 quite good. So yeah. yeah. Now they were going to drive around. Oh, we'll rent a car. I was like, no, just stop. Yeah. First of all, no tourist or foreigner realizes how long these roads are and windy and nowadays slow mm. uh, and there's c- construction and this and that and so i just said no you gotta fly like it'll yeah. just be so much nicer easier you get here quick and all that they would have been shattered if they had to drive places mm. and everything so that's a good that's a good one that's, that's a good a, foot that's, a good, that's foot. a good foot for the yeah. week um my good foot news is that this week and we are recording on January the 5th, um, just to kind of give you some idea of why we're talking about holidays and festival festivities and that kind of thing. I think this week we might finally, finally finish the last of our Christmas ham. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I cooked this, this bone-in half ham leg on Christmas Eve. We talked about the ham thing mm, last mm. week um, or last episode and I glazed it lovingly like all through the night and honestly, since then, it's been this kind of forest gump, bubba gump, shrimp situation with the ham, right? So the scenario has been, of course, it was served hot sure. on Christmas Day and then yeah, but now you got ham sandwiches. I've got ham sandwiches. I've got ham omelettes. I've got ham and cheese toasties, ham pasta Alfredo. We've done ham quiche, ham and potato bake, ham and potato salad, ham and pea soup. It just the list goes on. But now it's like down to a little stump of mm. flesh attached to Don't the you have bone. Dogs? You know. Yeah, we do, but I'm just torturing them. I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. wait until I've got the very last, the last of, a of bit it. on the bone. You know, but it's slightly fossilized and kind of dry around the edges. Yeah, but we've got um, a pretty stacked But that's, right but, now. you know, it's it's almost done. I can see, I can see the light. The ham is almost at an end. So, yeah. So that's, that's my a good, good one. Yeah, mm. well, i got a full stack of fridge right now still because we had more New Year's food and <sighs> – barbecuing and you know this uh mm. we did a, a butterfly uh lamb on the grill which i'd never done before ourselves oh, it's the best it's way the best way to cook it man yeah it's so good yeah and lamb is cheap it at is the right now yeah. ten dollars a kilo that's amazing um we hopped on that <clears throat> now what hasn't been so good what have been some of the um the the fails you've noticed and we talk about you know fails as in kind of you know dan and i are in the wine industry and you know, a lot of people think, you know, the the wine game is all, you know, um, like stylish and sophisticated mm. and, you know, classy. Yep. And sometimes it's not. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, we look at social media behavior and that kind of thing with wine and um, because, you know, we've got nothing better to do with our days. And sometimes we, we find some clangers, don't we? Well, one thing I... Uh, was noticing again. I don't know if it's coming back or where it comes from. I think it's. I think I've seen it maybe more in sort of alternative. Uh, maybe not your typical wine countries, but maybe o- some older wine countries. Mm-hmm. Is uh, blue wine? Have you seen? Yeah, 
Blue wine. I've noticed it oh like creeping up gosh, again. As like I've an, seen it. And I've never actually tasted one. <laughs> and I remember when it first came out, I was yeah. reading of why it happens and if there's some additive or something. I, I need to look it back up because if it doesn't, if it starts creeping back up again. Oh, it's And there's here. like a purple wine too. Yeah. Almost the color of your uh, yeah, eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I see yeah, you go yeah, through yeah. the video? Yeah, it's like, it's not like purple, like a typical purple it's wine. It's more of a, it's more of a kind of cr- um, crimsony purple. Yeah, and clear, like almost see-through purple. Mm, mm. And it's like electric. Both of them look like a little electric. And uh, I, I don't know what they taste like. I've never even had the opportunity to drink them. But you see them on Instagram yeah. and social media like so much because it kind of looks interesting. And I'm, and then you realize, oh, that's wine. But um, it's such a gimmick. It's a know, thing. It's know. definitely a thing. There was I saw some in a bottle store in Wellington. Ooh. Yeah. A year or so ago. But who made it? Where, where, do you know what country <sighs> it came from? Oh, I think it was made in New Zealand. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was either made in New Zealand or or might have been Australia. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But um, see, I thought it was thing. like certain varietals it does well with, or something. Or no, I just think it's white wine that's just been just tricked up with with <laughs> some so kind gross. of coloring, you know. But it's because it looks good on the table at parties. Apparently, does it? no, not to, not at my parties, but some people's parties. I they guess. might they might like it. Um, I mean, know. I just feel like it's like a shot. You know, it looks like you like a shooter. You yeah, know, like you. You drink it. And yeah, it like Curacao like, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Is like, <laughs> doesn't look like it'd be. Who is drinking of, the stuff? I don't know, but they're certainly trying to sell it. Mm. And um, okay. yeah, the other oh. one is the large. You know, more and more um, because you know we had the uh, the Undertaker wine. Yes, yes. The I Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Undertaker. Just wine other tasting. celebrity wines that have me. Like Paul Stanley from Kiss has his wine. Has he got a wine? Yeah, and I think it's been around a little bit now. Huh. Like, well, first of all, Kiss is the oh, all-time yeah. merchandiser yeah. of yeah. anything. Absolutely, I'd buy that. You can buy Kiss coffins. Do you know that? No, but I'd you, also buy that. Yeah, you could you could get buried in in a Kiss coffin, and mm. um, I'm sure uh, Gene Simmons would be real happy. But this is Paul Stanley, you know, mm. the lead singer, mm. um, and. Uh, I'm gonna guess he's had some work done on his on his uh, face. No. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, he's had a little work done. And listen, uh, he yeah. So he's he's out there shucking some uh, some celebrity wine, and uh, I didn't get a chance to dive into it too much. But I just thought, yeah, Paul Stanley Kiss merchandise. I'm of course, you know what I mean. It seems like, um, but I, it's pretty funny when these like sort of hardcore dudes. You know, rockers and wrestlers and stuff get into their their wine. Their you know. wine. Well, Snoop Dogg, you know, exactly. One too. But that sort of, I don't know. That seems to fit a little bit to me. But you know, Pink's got a, her own vineyard and makes her own wine. That I could see that. Yeah, you know I mean? apparently yeah. it's really good. I haven't tasted it, but she's very. She is very wine savvy. You well, know, she's like, a Philly girl. You know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's from like Downingtown, which is basically like huh. you know the upper hut of. She knows her wine, and uh, and I know this because yes, she has a vineyard, and she's actively involved in growing the grapes. She gets involved in vintage, you know, harvest and mm. all that stuff. So she is just she wants to, you know, mm. she's right into it. She wants to learn more about it, and she just takes huge pride in her wine. But she's got a documentary, I think it's on Disney Plus, about her one of her recent tours, and it's got the scene when her and her crew are in a hotel room in London, and there's a whole bunch of wine. It's all Pinot Noir, like a whole bunch of different Pinot Noirs on this table, and she, it's after a concert, so they're all knackered, you know. Mm. But someone has managed to bring all this beautiful wine, and there's a whole lot of New Zealand wine on there. And one that I recognised was Atarangi Martinborough Crimson Pinot Noir, which is not their just, best, but yeah. but it's you know it's pretty good. It's you know it's yeah, a yeah. good, clean, no, it's solid wine. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. solid wine. Um, but I would have thought clearly pink, they can get it in London. You yeah, know. yeah, I would have thought Pink could afford the. Well, yeah, but number. maybe she didn't know. Maybe uh, yeah, she yeah. wasn't in charge of bringing the probably wine. Probably not. Probably not. But I just thought that was kind of nice. A little That's New good. Zealand connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've found a couple of things. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Unless, good. Oh, have you got anything? No, else? no, that's good. I no. was just kind of talking on that. But. So I'm kind of all over the TikTok thing, and um, there's a a hashtag on TikTok or two hashtag Wine Mom, W I N E M I N. Rosé time. <sighs> and hashtag Wine Time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the first one with these two hashtags is like it's where women, and it's usually women, but there are a couple of dudes doing this, where they um, put together a bunch of still shots of them looking lustily at a bottle of wine and an empty glass and every hour with the caption, desperately waiting for 5pm, you know, and they clip all these still shots together to the sound of Alice DJ's Better Off Alone. I'm not sure if you're, but you'll know it. So, I I mean, I can see the the funny side, but the the tune gets a tad kind of um, tiresome. So I'm going to play you this video. I'm just going to play Daniel the video. Hopefully... Hopefully it works. Where are we? Dun, dun, dun. Do I know this song? That's Let's see. Oh, this. Yeah, 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 so there she goes. More club. I see. She's surrounding the. Waiting know, for five yeah, o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember this song. Yeah, you know the song. Of course. Yeah, but then. This is Night at the Roxbury or something. <laughs> you know? Remember that movie? <laughs> So you see what she's doing. It's like yeah. waiting, waiting, waiting for the for the wine, um, you know, for, for permission to drink it. But here's this guy, um, Weird Al Sean, no, Sean Colby. <laughs> and his is actually really good. He counts down the hours, 11, mm-hmm. and then 12, 1. And it's just, he's staring at the full glass. So... Yeah, I'm, but again, yeah, I guess it's any of these things where you can get creative with it. But I mean, I don't find that very entertaining. No, just you know? like you know, you kind of see the funny side for it when it starts, and then it gets very tiresome. So there's that, and then there's the other one which um, I won't bring up here, but I'll tell you about it. It's um, again wine time hashtag, and they usually show women of a certain mum age. So mm. we're talking sort of thirties, forties. Um, sneaking bottles of wine into these enormous tote bags. And they're usually like Louis Vuitton knockoffs or whatever. Um, and they're sneaking out the door. And they have this caption to their video, which has something like, you know, when you tell your husband you're heading out to a friend's house for coffee. Oh, my gosh. And then the Naughty. bag goes clinkety, clinkety, clink. Mm. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh. So there's loads of those videos that I just go, and there's always a hashtag, you know, best, bestie goals um, or winos. And anyway, so I'm, I'm sounding really curmudgeonly, aren't I? Well, it's pretty stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I was, that was the best word I could come up with that wasn't really uh, going to yeah. offend anybody. But it's yeah. – it's, um, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's um, fine. I think we need to find uh, within these or, or anything else like – just the really bad ones, and then show like the fa- the actual fail because the whole genre is a fail, yeah. and it's like they're pretty annoying. And I want to keep diving mm. into these and Let's finding the, the Find stupidest the ones, bad, the stupidest ones. Okay, but I'm going to challenge you and myself too. But I don't do the TikTok too much, but I'll see what I can do to go into the really the deep the dark side of TikTok too. You know, is this like a Web three thing? Where no, I don't think you have to go. Do I have to? Full on dark or, web or anything, okay. um, but uh, TikTok's all about the algorithm, right? Yes. So if you start searching and finding the really fucked up, <laughs> they're going to start feeding them more to you, for whether you like it or not. This is true. So um, okay, you know, and the big glasses, you know, the enormous oh, yeah. glasses yeah, yeah. that yeah. are like. Well, you we see that a lot on Instagram too. Yeah. You know. Um. Now, what's on the serious side of things? Okay, powers sure. that be. Now, this is our little our little snippet where we talk about um, industry things, mm, like mm. you know, um, issues that kind of need hashing out or explaining or what have well, you. Well, I had what a. You this is a half powers that be, half pull back the curtain. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so, you know, those are kind of merging. I don't know, maybe if that's the maybe same. Maybe we just pow- powers the curtain. Powers the curtain. <laughs> I will have to get, uh, I'll have to get Mara to redo that. Uh, pulling back the powers. Pulling back the, okay. I don't know. I'm going to get her to re. We might need to revisit that. Get her to redo. Um, hmm. Ah, time to pull back the powers. curtain. Powers. Okay, so right there. Mm. Okay, I'm going to re- reshoot that yeah, one. We'll do pull, that. pull back the powers. Pull back the powers. Something. Tell me, what's on your mind? Well, uh, two things. Uh, the conversation of uh, what I call 
Purple drank. Um, which purple drank. Is, purple drank. Which is different which, to blue wine. Very different than blue okay. wine. Uh, and something I've experienced firsthand working in Napa. Uh, and I'm sure it goes on some places in New Zealand too. But it's the purple 3000, purple concentrate grape juice. I call it purple drank because that was like from a Dave Chappelle thing. Yeah. And I had yeah. friends growing up that had, they drank things that would just say, give me some of that purple drink. We had purple death mm. in New Zealand. This is like nondescript. I'm sure there was zero fruit juice in it. It was right. just like sweet food coloring, really So what is it shit. used for? What do you do with it? So anyway, no, that was the drink okay. I was talking about. But the purple drank or the purple 3000, I think it's called, is basically uh, a winery's way of getting around a maybe some greener fruit or maybe some not as concentrated fruit, a lighter vintage. Um, but, you know, it's sort of the parkerization of, of, of mm. wine with, you know, it's going back 25, 30 years when they wanted really concentrated reds. And, you know, I think we've swung out of that a little bit. But there's definitely a lot of people still using this stuff. I mean, it literally comes in like a thing with a handle, a jug. And you, like a massive yeah, plastic plastic container, container that, what, you with a handle the, on it, and you pour it into the tank. And, uh, what does it do? It just makes the wine sweeter, first of all, okay. and darker, mm-hmm. and tastes more concentrated. Okay. And a little bit goes a long way. But, I mean, I was working in Napa, and they were pulling in some Cabernets at 26, 27 bricks, and they're like, yeah, you should probably add a little purple. 3,000 of that just to make it concentrate. It was like, what? what? Yeah. Particularly on the, you know, the, some of the lo- lower end wines where they might not get, you know, the so top, So to let you know, vineyards. if you're just, um, just to kind of give you some insight, and when, when Daniel says 25, 26 bricks, it's, that's the measurement of sugar concentration in the grapes prior to harvest. And that gives you an indication of the level of alcohol you can extract from those berries. Mm. So, you know, 25, 26, that's high. Very ripe, very ripe. Yeah, that's extremely ripe. So you can get big alcohol from from that. Occasionally, like certain, like Otago Pinots can get up that high because they have the really hot days and Mm. they they get really, if you don't pick them in time. Mm. And Mm. Pinot Noir would be the only thing I think in New Zealand – I mean, I'm, if you left something forever, it could get that high, and you wanted to make a port, but that'd be the only one. And I think sometimes mm. they have problems with alcohol. So, with some of those wines. So, with your purple drink, mm-hmm. um, are you you don't like it? You you you're saying that they shouldn't be adding it? That you think it's making wine boring? And I think same? I don't think I don't think it tastes right. It's definitely same same. I don't think it tastes very good. Um, it makes things taste. You know, to me, very sort of grapey and um, syrupy, and you know, over ripe okay. and stewy, and yeah, just not what I like. I don't mind no. a wine that isn't. I don't want wine green, and I don't want it to be too unripe. But there's there's definitely a enough of a range there. But it, I think a lot of there might be some uh, winery <coughs> Oyster Bay <coughs> trying to use some of this stuff. <laughs> To get consistency of vintages, um, you know, because yeah, they're so yeah, yeah. big commercially that they just kind of like people. They have to make it to a recipe. Yeah, people don't care of. if it's the twenty mm. or twenty-one or twenty-two vintage. It just has to all so taste the same. So you're saying that there are New Zealand, there could be New Zealand brands um, that that are international, that are huge, that are using this. Possibly, judicious yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly I know. Australian brands. Definitely as well. Australian. Yeah. If there were some of that Shiraz, okay, going on there. But I do, I do know for a fact, and you might not even know this, that a lot of even some higher end Hawke's Bay and New Zealand wineries are using reverse osmosis. Now that sounds. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that no, sounds, I'm aware of that. Yeah. So, including in some pretty hot shit wines that are you know award winning, blah blah mm. blah. And uh, reverse osmosis, to keep it very simple, is you basically pick a medium, so what you want to get through and what you want to keep behind, and you try different things, and then you put it in a vacuum and put the wine through, and it, and the osmosis part is where some of it comes out, some of it stays behind, 
and in this case, some level of water and possibly some. So it super concentrates. It'll concentrate yeah. what you have there. Rather than adding more mm. something to mm. it, it takes a little bit away of huh. the more watery part or the maybe. Sometimes they can even pinpoint mm. like green notes and things like that in the wine. So they're kind of playing with what they have, they're which is what different to totally. adding, you know. So, you know. But again, it's some pretty serious mm. manipulation. And mm. I guess for certain styles of wine and certain. Uh, you know, if you're going for that trophy or they're going for that certain consumer, um, they find it necessary. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really care. I think it's neat to have vintage variation, and yeah, you know, I think it's better to just say we're not going to make that wine right. this year. If the fruit isn't good enough, yeah, yeah. you just have a another tier, yeah. and you go, hey, this is what we got this year, and mm-hmm. it's and sometimes that other tier gets yeah. better. Because you kind of, of declassify exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the okay. the. Uh, pulling back the powers this okay. this week nice. for me. And we'll be right back. Hey everybody, Decibel Wines is the newest tasting room in the best block of Hastings City on the East Block where it's all happening. We're right in the heart of the action with the, you know, the distillers and the common room and a bunch of great restaurants and other uh, great shops in the, as our neighbors in the area. There's something for everyone in our shop, though, with 18 wines available under the Decibel Junta and Testify collections. We're treating podcast listeners to a 15% discount. That's pretty, that's pretty good. On our website, with the code PODCAST15 at checkout, head to decibelwines.com and use the promo code PODCAST15. I believe that's all caps. Uh, you know, I moved to New Zealand all alone in 2008 and started making these wines in 2009. I moved here with a dream and literally just a few bucks in my pocket. And it all started with a very small amount of Decibel Malbec, Sauvignon Blanc, and of course Pinot Noir from Martinborough. I make all these wines, buying fruit from so many great growers around Hawke's Bay and Martinborough. Um, so please come visit us uh, when you're in Hawke's Bay. I'm usually in the shop hanging around. Uh, if I'm not there, there's some other great people helping out and know the story and know about all the wines. Or just visit decibelwines.com and use promo code PODCAST15 at checkout for 15% off. Cheers. And now we're back. Okay, well, this kind of mine sort of fits into that a little bit. Okay. Um, because, you know, talking about wine additions and things, I'm going to talk about nutritional labeling on wine. Okay. Mm. Now, um, and I know that you're going to have an opinion on this. Um, so, you know, the New Zealand government and the Food Safety Authority, whatever, I forget which um, what they're actually called, they're kind of keen to introduce this. And I know that some wine producers are against this idea for, you know, different reasons. Um, maybe they think back labels of wine bottles are already too cluttered with, you know, health warnings and compliance logos and traceability codes and tasting notes and, you know, others... Um, maybe you're worried about having to list, you know, everything mm, mm. Um, that's used in the winemaking process. But, you know, there's with this kind of trend towards, you know, wellness and also food fear um, and, you know, people wanting to know um, how many carbs there are in everything. Um, and, you know, if you remember back to our chat in episode one, you know, when people were still asking us how, you know, winemakers get the capsicums and the plums, you know, <laughs> in the wine. And there's this rise of the clean wine labeling um, trend where, at that term. Uh, you know, where the risk, in my opinion, is when they say these wines are better for you, does that mean people think that all the rest of the wines are worse for you? Um and there's all this public uncertainty, uncertainty about, you know, what wine contains. And I think there's got to be a better way of kind of shaping the kind of perception of mainstream wine or wine in general. So I think it could be a good thing. And I say it could be a good thing because I saw an example of what's what I call like a full disclosure label on a bottle of, um, it was like an Italian um, um, sort of Moscato-y type. It's mm-hmm. a low alcohol imported uh, Italian thing. It's called Stella Rosa. Um, you could look yeah, it up. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's got everything on it, right? And and I think it worked because it sort of told a really interesting story. You know, it had this small sweetness scale um, thing on the back, like a little logo, which kind of shows you immediately how sweet or how dry the wine is. You know, the Rieslings have got the International Riesling Scale, you know, how dry, how sweet. It's like a little Mm -hmm. fuel gauge. So I think that was good. Um, The nutritional panel showed that um, the carbs 
right, the calorie and the carb count were less, you know, this is per glass, and this is for a sweet wine, were less than a glass of orange juice. Well, that's not hard to Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But, you know, people, some people think, you know, sweet wine is like loaded, you know, it's really bad for you. Um, it also showed that there's no fat and there's no sodium. Um, and the ingredients list was interesting because they simply had two things, um, grape must, which, you know, that's the that's um, the the grapes that with your skins and seeds and juice and mm-hmm. um, stems and all that sort of stuff, and it had sulfur dioxide, but it was written as sulfur dioxide antioxidant instead of SO two preservative. Mm. Um, so and people go, oh, antioxidants are good, and they are good. You know, sulfur dioxide, a little bit of it, you know, might be all right. Might yeah. be all right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they had antiox sulfur dioxide antioxide antioxidant written on there. Um, they also had things like, you know, gl- little gluten-free, little words gluten-free. Can and I interject for a second? Vegan and all that. About the sulfur thing mm. is uh, is they, you know, they talk about, oh, there's no sulfur in the spine. It must be good for you. And actually uh, a friend of ours, maybe yours too, uh did a study, I think for part of their Master of Wine, mm, about mm. the... Sophie Thompson. Yeah. To Parker Thompson, sorry. Add, if you, adding actually sulfur early on cut down on the histamines and actually mm. helped with a lot of the allergic reactions and the headaches. So mm. I think at the end of the day, I mean, all this is... I think more information is good, but I think it should just be available for the people that want to find it. But I think it's really tough mm. to fit all that on the label. Yeah, and it was. And, and so, it, I mean, they fitted it all in, but it was really crammed. But that's also because they wanted to have tasting notes in Italian and in English. So it was massive. So there, I think there are ways that you can do it. And, you know, the thing, I guess for me, um, yeah, it was really, really busy, but. I'm a fan of front-footing things, right? So doing something willingly before mm. you're forced to do it, you know. And and I wrote down that I think it could make consumers feel a hell of a lot better about buying wine because you're putting it all out there and you're letting them make their own minds up. So there was an article in The Wine Economist um, which kind of addressed this as well. And they said, you know, would consumers take one look at the calories and the additives and run away screaming? Or would they absorb the information like they do with a packet of biscuits or a box of muesli bars or whatever and just go, okay, um, that's fine, and buy it anyway? I think most people would. But I I think, you know, you mentioned juice. I mean, there's probably nothing worse to have than just a big thing of juice and the amount of Mm. Coca-Cola or whatever, colas that are consumed – I mean, you cut those things out, and then you can go enjoy a nice glass of wine, you know? <laughs> so it's like uh, – but obviously people mm. – um, some people want to know more about it. That's fine. It's, I think you can mm. have the information there. But when you start adding on, like, importer statements and – And all the government uh, all health the warnings gov- and From all that. every different country. Yeah, which you have to have. And uh, mm. if you're exporting at all, and then, you know, you go into Quebec, they want it in, in French and English, and then you're Italian and mm. wine as well. You know, then it starts yeah. – Getting to be like, uh, you know, stereo I know, it's, instructions it's busy. on the It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Busy. But so, I, don't, know, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. But it does seem like uh, there is a rethinking going on. And say, f- for instance, the old European appellation system is almost sort of in the new world, or you know, for whatever that term means, in the newer countries producing wine that uh, – you know, there's this merging now into like, well, these are, you know, organic, these are biodynamic, these are mm. vegan friendly, these are, that at some stage, this could be 20 years from now or something, there's going to be another kind of system to say like, and, and you know, maybe Swins and New Z- Sustainable Wine Growers New Zealand is like kind of an mm. early version of that, that it's going to be like, well, if you say you're going to be part of the Bridge Pile Triangle, you know, your wine's can't do xyz or you're not going to add you know these are the things that we say and it's we've had all this freedom and 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 we probably don't want to go too far down that road and too much regulation but there it does seem like i think a lot of people are getting on the front foot of it and saying yeah they're vegan friendly yes they're organic yes they're this is that but you know it's it's a bit it'll get it could get squirrelier and worse and worse Mm, and worse if more people want more and more stuff Hmm. so eventually you might just have like 
a, a thing you belong to that goes like all these wines are this, yeah. and then if you want to go find out what they are, here's a QR code or a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that's see okay. Put a QR code on there, mm. which has all the information, takes you to it. Mm. I mean, you know, it's a rare thing that that people aren't in the supermarket or bottle store without a cell phone. Yeah, you know, these days in this day and age. Yeah, in this day and age. Um, moving right along. So, yeah, that was my thing. Okay. Um, you got a music pick? I have a genre I okay. wanted to uh, mention. Though there is uh, one guy uh, we've been playing a lot in the tasting room. It's something actually Willie, who does our music, is uh, an intro and outro music. Uh, I, I think I was into it before, but he really turned it up for me a lot. Is this sort of Ethio jazz or Afro jazz, and um, particularly one guy, Mulatto Estaki. Mm-hmm. I always have trouble saying his last name, but um, I'd say Spotify. You know, you can complain about them or say this is good. There's certain features I wish they had more of, um, which is the big one being. Um, to shuffle between artists that I pick. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's probably how they make their money. Um, but if you put in something like Ethio Jazz or Afro Jazz, you will get and so much cool music and you will learn so many new artists that way. And if, okay, and I'm going to do that. It's great um, music for certain things. I mean, you know, you might mm. not want to um, – it's great kind of chilling, cleaning in the house or, sit, you know, we have the tasting room. It's yep. kind of cool in the background. It's got really Creates good, good beats. Mood. It's great mood yeah. music. Okay. And, uh, but particularly, um, I think people will recognize probably three or four of his songs too. Mm. Um, a A-S-T-A-T-K-E. I listen to the guy a lot actually. And he started in, he came over from Ethiopia to New York city, great jazz artist. And, um, he kind of fused with some great artists there, but he always brought that African sound with him and it's always part of his music. And, um, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, the interesting thing about music is it's, it's in us and in Mm. you and you, when you hear something, you go, oh, I know that, or I've, I've heard that, or totally. that sounds a lot like this, but it's mm. derivative of mm. something else. And, he, and it's so it's, you'll hear it and go, oh, that's, I've, I know what this is. You so know? we're going to put a link in the show notes. Sure, to, we can do that. Um, to the, you know, his yeah, he's great. Spotify. Yeah, stuff. he's still alive, too. I think he's like 89 It's always good when they're still alive. Yeah, I, I don't find. know how much he's making <laughs> music these days. But anyway, that's my pick. Okay, I've got a, I got a pick. Um, very different. Very different, and it's one song. Okay. But actually, I love the I love the band. So feel free to explore. Um, it's a song called "I Want My Minutes Back" by a band called the Snapped Ankles. Okay. Now they are a London-based kind of performance art, pagan-leaning kind of post-punk okay. um, band. And it's when you listen to it, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, um, merge something in here. It's this, it's this kind of hypnotic, circular kraut rock kind of sound with this driving bass and keyboard that kind of gives the effect of the seconds ticking past. Sure, sure. So it's kind of this, it's a great driving song. It's a great driving song. It's a great um, motivating song if you've got places to go. If you, okay, if you, when you're putting your makeup on and doing your hair, sure. um, getting ready for a night out, Dan, it's a great song that. to play because yeah. it just gets you amped for it. It's like, I want my minutes back. Um, so the chorus is super easy. It's just, ooh, 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 I want my minutes back. Okay. But sounds a lot better. <laughs> so we'll put the link to the song on, we'll on the show notes because we can't, you um, you know, play it here. Um, last um, last segment, our yeah, nah. Is it we're going we're gonna to call it maybe? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, nah. I don't think I have one, but go ahead and I might have one. You don't one. have a yeah, nah? I've got uh, one. Uh, um, oh, um, I do have a yeah, nah, sort of, but go ahead. So this is time. kind of our, you know, meanwhile in New Zealand thing. Uh, so oh, yeah, any... yeah, I do have this. I do have this. Uh, yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah okay. I have. I have can, I carry, can I go for it? Right. Go for it. So we're only a couple of days into 2023, right? So we're, we're recording this on the 5th of, Jan- 5th of January. And we've already, in my opinion, got a very strong contender for New Zealander of the Year. Um, and it actually goes to American billionaire Tony Malkin. Oh, is this the Yes. Yeah, so this guy, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he's 
and he's seriously loaded. So his trust owns like the New York, like the Empire State Building. Oh, he's, you know, he's he's a big deal. Um, and he owns this um, property. I think he's he's owned it for 10, 12 years in central Otago. Beautiful, rural, gorgeous property in central Otago. And um, he kind of slides into the nominations um, because he welcomed in the new year with a private fireworks display that nobody wanted, certainly not his neighbours, and uh, created a public fire emergency mm-hmm. um, because of that. So thanks to stuff.co.nz um, for that. And what actually happened, and you may know this, um, so he wanted to have this huge, and it wasn't even a public, like it wasn't a public fireworks thing, it was just a private thing. So it would be slightly different if it was for, say, charity sure, or if it was sure. some fundraising event. Or it was or, out where everybody could see yeah, it. Yeah, all know. that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, so his neighbours, who are all farmers, you know, mm. they're in a rural community. They have sheep, they have horses, they have cattle, they have stuff, you know, animals. Mm. And they knew this fireworks display was going to go ahead. And they said, no, you know, we don't actually, we're not cool with this. Mm. This is not something you do in the middle of the countryside yeah. You know, it's going to scare the horses. They're going to bolt. It's going to all that stuff. Um, and Tony sort of went, "Well, you know, I'll we'll pay for you to relocate your animals." Which okay, that's fair. But what's kind of not fair is that apparently they had to then show um, specific detailed invoices and stuff for moving their stock. So no, who's going to do that? No one's. No one is going to do that. No one can do that. So. Um, anyway. Pay for my time to do that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it cost tens of thousands. He actually got a permit to do it. You know, so of course he did. Got so the money. Got the money to do it. And, got the um, lawyers to got get the it. Got the lawyers. Apparently he doesn't even live there full time. So he's what's, what's called a helicopter resident. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he had this huge pyrotechnic um, Sounds display. Sounds like a real good dude. Yeah, and caught... Um, I think it was like half a hectare of his of of land. Was it his land at least? His land. Okay. But you know, it's a scar on the landscape. Yeah, Caught yeah. fire, burnt. Yeah, like yeah. it was, you know, um, the emergency services had to be called in and yeah. all of that. Which he was, you know, said thank you, you know, to the fire department. Didn't apologise yeah. to his neighbours for scaring their stock or um, any any of that. So I kind of thought, um, just for notoriety. New Zealander of the Year, yeah, Tony Malcolm. But does he qualify? Is he a citizen? Don't they have to be citizen or something? I think he's a citizen. Uh, bought his way is. in, the bastard. I don't know. Took me like We're five. We're probably wrong. I just actually that. just became a citizen after mm. like 15 years. But. but I just think, you know, it, it um, money buys the opportunity to make massive mistakes that could actually work to the good because, you know, we have a lot of people saying ban fireworks. Just let's ban these... Ban them private fireworks, right? Just I know a lot of people with, don't with do dogs it. on Guy Fox. I know agree with you. the animals hate it. It's dangerous. People get injured all the time. Um, it's not good. So what he could have actually done by being such a dick is kind of possibly even force. Well, I was going to say it's it's his land. It's only and it's it sucks, but it's only half an acre or whatever, half a hectare. It might be. Mm-hmm turn out to be something good. He might not do it again next year. No, I don't. But it could just make people think, maybe we should have some kind of regulation on public, I mean, private fireworks. Good luck. In those rural, <laughs> in any area. I don't know. Yeah, well, our, the, neighbor, the neighborhood, uh, Guy Fox is pretty annoying, for, mm. especially if you have a baby. But anyway, we'll go into that. Yeah, yeah. My meanwhile in New Zealand are yeah, nah, and I'm on the fence about the nah because it was quite funny. Is <laughs> There's uh, an upper hut at the upmarket upper hut estate, uh, apparently upmarket estate and upper hut. Yeah, it's an upmarket estate. Yeah, okay. I, I forget the name of it, but it's got a big uh, thing out front and uh, like a you know a entry gate and everything. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the trend of um, doing phallic symbols in your lawn is picking up again in New Zealand. So I love a good giant penis. I love a good yeah. DMB on the yeah, lawn. Yeah. I love a good so dick and balls. A, 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 <laughs> like 
beautiful estate with like a big stone entrance and then there's just a big giant cock and balls right on the front lawn like there's nothing else it could be how did they make it uh they made it pretty well no no how did they actually erect is that what you mean (laughs) 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 uh with a lawnmower apparently it looks like it's like so they lawn mowed yeah a it's like on the, it's like kind of a little bit of a, a hill on a slope, and there's just for it's right on a main road too. Because I've heard of people um, in the middle of the night going out with spray, mm. you know, like weed spray, yeah. and actually doing oh, maybe they did that on people's know. lawns that yeah. they don't like, and yeah. of course when the grass begins to die yeah, yeah. In, a, in this beautiful Well, I think the trend is coming back, so we're going to keep an eye on yes. that trend. And if um, anyone has any pictures of, um, yes, you know, dick and balls. Illustrations or erections. yeah, that could be the thing we end up putting here as a as a screen so that we can. Uh, hmm. I have kind of a TV we don't use, so maybe we could bring it in and attach my computer to it or something. That's an idea. Yeah, you do that. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. No, that's I'm on um, that. I'm on that. But um, yeah, so that's us. And if you've got something to say about this podcast, or if you'd like us to hammer any issues out. Uh, email us on ynd_podcast at gmail dot com, um, and yeah, it's all good. it's all good. This is fun. Um, so until next time, posy posy vibes, guys. Yeah, go get it, guys. Get uh, what was it? Get your minutes back. Get your minutes back. <laughs> <laughs>